Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Association Leadership Radio. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Association Leadership Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have John Basford, and he is with Lateral Solutions. Welcome, John. Thank you. Happy to be here. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Lateral Solutions. How are you helping folks? Sure. So it is a operations management company, and, and what we do is is launch internal operations uh, for startups, uh, nonprofits, for-profits, and really help them create streamlined, efficient, and effective internal operations. And then it can also provide ongoing management uh, through bookkeeping, HR services, as well as uh, COO and CFO level uh, strategy. So what's your backstory? How'd you get involved in operations? Well, so I, I, I got started in uh, associations as a whole, uh, you know, not like a lot of people, not necessarily intentionally. Uh, I, I went to law school and I am one of those people who was leaving law school and did not know what I want to do with my law degree and with my life. And I started working for a legal organization I was a member of in law school. And that launched my career in association management. And when I was, you know, as my my position grew at that organization, I, I took on a lot of uh, operational duties uh, and responsibilities, even though it wasn't my core job. And when I was ready to move on and go to the next uh, next position, uh, I focused my my search on uh, internal operations and uh, have built a career around it. Now, um, having I guess worked with a lot of different types of organizations, do you see kind of similar challenges that uh, maybe a non-association firm would have, but an association firm doesn't have and vice versa? You know, I'd say that the only, for the most part, the only major difference is taxes, right? Which, which uh, a nonprofit doesn't pay taxes, uh, you know, unless there's some, some uh, uh, not, not to say that that, that never occurs uh, with uh, um different business lines for an association. But for the most part, that that's the difference. At the end of the day, everyone is trying to deliver on their end goal, uh, whether it's to sell a product or deliver on their mission. And they're trying to do that the best way possible uh, with the resources they have. At the end of the day, you know, that that's what every company in whether for profit or not profit is trying to do from a business operation standpoint. Now, um, when you started getting into operations, was that something like you said, you said it wasn't kind of your initial goal, but you got into it. What made you think you were good at it? Like, what were some of the clues that you had where you're like, hey, you know what? You know, I can really make a difference in an organization by becoming kind of a ninja in this space. Yeah, a, a couple of things. Uh, one, one being uh, I am probably the definition of jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, you know, throughout my career, I have been involved in marketing. I have been in, involved in budgeting and finance. I have been involved in HR, legal, uh, event management, program, programmatic management, uh, volunteer management. And, you know, operations is, is really to some degree where all that comes together. And working for small organizations and small companies, it really allows me to utilize my diverse set of skills. Uh, again, I have a law degree, but I'm not a practicing attorney. I have an MBA, but I'm not a, a, a CPA. Uh, but I really have a, a broad knowledge in all of these areas and really have able to, to, to hone those. The other part of the operations is that, you know, it takes 
I think a person who has problem solving skills and an analytical mind. And I think those are two areas where I really excel um, throughout my career and, and, and in my life. Now, is there any um, any kind of actionable thing uh, an association leader right now while listening to you and your background about operations? Is there something they can do today that can help make their life easier? Yeah, I, I think this is true for all companies, but I think it's even more true for associations. And, and my answer is to question everything. You know, I, the reason why I say that, that that's even more true for associations is because of the longevity that associations tend to have with their staff and, and, and being mission driven. And, you know, everyone who works and works for or is involved in that organization loves and cares about what that organization does. They tend to fall in the trap of doing the same thing over and over again. And, you know, we've all, we've all heard it before. Like, why do you do, why do you do X? Well, it's the way we've always done it. Um, and I think the biggest thing for association leaders to, to change with the times, uh, whether digitally, uh, staff culture, whatever it may be, is to really question what it is you do and why you do it. And I think nothing should be left on the table. I think you should, you should question everything. Obviously, uh, I'm not suggesting that you, you review your mission um, every week. Uh, that's certainly done at the governance and, and board level. But your, your day-to-day transactional work and your tactics and why you're doing it, questioning why you're doing it, how you're doing it, and whether or not it's delivering the results that you intend. Now, do you find that folks are hesitant to do that kind of an audit because they're kind of afraid of what they might find? And when you're bringing up these points where, hey, you know what, we've always done it this way. This is how it was done before I even got here. Um, so why question, you know, if it isn't broken, you know, why fix it? And people not realizing that sometimes you should be breaking some things because they have out kind of lived their the usefulness. Yeah, <sighs> That's a, good, that's a good question. And obviously we're, we're, we're talking broad here. So, it, you know, it's always tough to kind of maybe n- narrow down some specifics, but here, you know, here's one example, uh, just how, how life and, 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 uh, the digital world, everything has changed. You know, a colleague of mine who, uh, is a very similar job as a director of operations for a, a quasi governmental organization, and, you know, operates as a, as a nonprofit, um, association, if you will, to a certain degree, uh, but gets funding from the government. And she runs payroll uh, for, for 30 people. And she spends two to four days a month entering, um, journalizing, reconciling, reconciling with benefits. She spends two to four days a month on, on payroll. Where currently right now, I handle payroll for five companies. Myself, personally, not outsourcing anybody else. I personally run payroll for five companies. I spend less than 15 minutes a month on all five combined, not per payroll, not per company combined. And the reason is, is because I've, I, I've stayed out there and, and, and watched and listened to, to what new strategies, what new platforms are out there so we can streamline the process. And again, I realize that this is, is one tiny little piece of the pie, but just think if you, if an organization could get back two to four days a month of someone's time. What much more could you do with that time and that money than having them sit there and, and, and enter manual payroll? And I think that can, uh, can apply to a lot of areas, whether uh, your, your marketing strategies are old school or, or, or your HR strategies, right? Are, are, you, are you a company that still 
you know, has as a, a very manufacturer-based PTO policy. And and is that the best time to be using your staff's time and counting hours and 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 um and booking PTO and 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 someone on the back end managing all that? Or is it time to go to a more modern uh tactic and strategy with that and, and have an unlimited PTO policy? Um so there's a lot of different ways, you know, that, that I think leaders need to be looking at how is, are they using the most the, the most up to date technologies and strategies, and and therefore are they being as efficient and as effective as possible? And that's and that's the bottom line that they're trying to get to. Right, and I think this is where having an outside uh, person come in and shed some light to this is really important because the people in the organization just don't know what they don't know. And um, it, you need to have somebody with fresh eyes, especially that has deep depth of knowledge of some of these areas to be able to say, hey, you know what, there's a better way. And um, it's not as scary or as hard as you think it might be to make this kind of a, a change. And the and the benefits are, can be dramatic. And, and especially like you're saying, oh, a day or two here, a day or two there, it doesn't matter. It seems minimal for the cost of change. But those things add up, you know, <laughs> a day, a day here, a day there becomes a week here and a week there pretty quickly. Yeah. And, and another, you know, go back to your question about a difference between, you know, the for-profit nonprofit world. I think another area that I, that I see a big difference between my for-profit and nonprofit clients is, is outsourcing. You know, I think most associations, they tend to, uh, figure out the, the the skill sets they need and build an entire team internally around that. And and by no means is, is that for me to say that's a good or bad strategy, but what it does tend to lend itself to is, is having people performing duties that they don't have an expertise in. Whereas when you take a, a for-profit startup, you know, that that's, that's just as lean, just as, just as, uh, as, you know, trying to scale and do the most it can with limited resources, like most associations are, you know, they're, they're outsourcing majority, majority of their stuff. And what they can do by that is, is reduce their costs a lot of times uh, because you're not paying for that nine to five job and the benefits, but what they also what they get instead is expertise in every single little area. If they have a campaign that, that is direct mail, they hire a direct mail person. They have a campaign that's social media, they hire a social media person. Whereas you take your normal association and it is one person who does all the marketing and all the communications across the entire organization. And if it's not a specific area of expertise for them, you know, they just kind of have to figure it out. And again, uh, you know, I, I, I came up that way in my career and, and, and it served me well. Uh, but at, at a certain point, um, our organization's getting the amount of expertise and skill they need uh, for the amount they're spending. Now, can you share a story maybe where uh, an organization was struggling and you uh, came in and helped them maybe get to a new level, a level that maybe they didn't even ima- imagine was possible? Uh, you don't have to name the organization, but just share kind of the pain they were having and how you were able to intervene and, and help them. Sure. So, you know, I, I've a lot of my clients, when I, when I moved to the consulting side, again, it's been on the operations front. A lot of it, a lot of that has to do with, with organizations that are, are completely startup. 
uh, even for a nonprofit, you know, at some point they 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 gotta start from the ground up, um, or an organization that uh, was incubated under some kind of fund and and now is branching off, and that's actually where I've had a number of my nonprofit clients um, in the last three years, and a lot of that has to do with again kind of going back to this area of expertise. Most day-to-day functioning business people uh, or operators, you know, again, whether you're executive director for a for-profit or nonprofit or you're a CEO for nonprofit, they don't know the ins and outs and minutia of interoperations. Uh, it, it's not rocket science. People can figure that out. But often it's something that needs to be ramped up quick. You don't have time to figure that out, right? You know, you, you don't. There's only so many mistakes that you can make on accounting before it affects your, your taxes. There's only so many uh, mistakes you can make uh, on an HR front and, and, and until you get sued. Uh, and on top of that, do you know what insurance you need, right? So a lot of my clients have come to me and said, hey, we've incorporated or we've branched off from this or we've done, uh, we, we got to this point, but we have no idea where to go next. And what my company tends to do is to say, you know, in, in, a, in a, for as a one-stop shop, come in and say, we will do all of the internal operations and administrative functions that you need to take this from, you know, just a project or idea um, and turn it into a company because nonprofits and associations, they are companies, they are incorporated and, and they need to make sure that the, the operational processes and procedures that they're putting forth are in compliance with, with local and, and, and federal laws and regulations and, and really making sure that they are following uh, the best industry standards in those areas, because whether you are a for-profit or not-profit, accounting is accounting for the most part, other than taxes, HR is at HR, legal is legal, insurance is insurance to, for the most part. And you got to make sure that you're working with a partner that knows those areas to make sure that you're doing this right. Because here's what ends up happening. A lot of people convince themselves that they know enough or or they care enough about the internal operations matters that they're going to stay on top of it. And I can't tell you the number of times that I've been brought into a situation where books have not been reconciled for a year or, you know, having a client that doesn't want to pay my company to do certain aspects. And so we don't, but then we handle, you know, the reconciliation of their books or something down the line and the amount of money that they spent for us to clean up their books and to make things right is what they would have spent. They would have had us do the entire thing all along and give themselves back that time and money. Yeah. It's one of those things um, where you're coming in to fix a problem that could have been prevented in the first place. (laughs) Right. And a lot of times without any additional cost, Um, usually, usually, you know, uh, for example, you know, when I, when I first started out consulting, I had just a few small clients, um, you know, I, I think at the time I had, I had five clients and it was just me at the time. And the, the one person who did not want me to do their accounts payable, I would spend more time reconciling their books than the other four com- clients combined. Right. It's because the system, if the system isn't good, then the, the output of information is not going to be good. So Correct. Correct. Um, now, when you're working with uh, a new client, what is typically the pain? Are they in some sort of a crisis? Has something happened where they're like, hey, we better uh, call John and his team because, um, you know, we screwed this up or something, you know, something isn't, 
you know, I'm feeling some sort of a pain. Are you coming in in that kind of regard or are people proactive in trying to get ahead of things? You know, uh, so because a lot of my work has begun at the startup phase, again, whether it's true startup from, from, from nothing or, or, or branching off, the, the pain point is we're incorporated and we don't know what to go f- do from here. Right. And so that, that, that's, that's, that's certainly a, a big, a big pain point that I'm feeling is, is providing that expertise on, on all those different aspects that you need to, to, to set up and start running. Uh, the other part. Yeah. I would say, you know, more than any other area where the pain points become visible to, to, to the, the executive director, the owner, et cetera, is, is around accounting. Uh, you know, HR, you can kind of fake it till there's a problem, right? Uh, uh, business insurance, you, you don't know that there is a problem till there is a problem, right? It, it, you, you don't, you don't sit around thinking, oh man, do, do I have enough insurance? But the accounting is something that is going to pop up all the time, whether it's you're doing the finances for uh, a board meeting, you are getting ready for taxes, you are, uh, you know, just trying to get to a point where you're reviewing your own financial reports on a regular basis, you know, though there, there's like, there's, there's, there's several different flows of information that occur with accounting that at some point you're going to be like, Oh, like this isn't right. And I don't know how to fix this. Um, and it's usually because there aren't the systems and processes in place. And, you know, as much uh, people are good intentioned on, on staying on top of accounting, it's an area that slides because it's not an area of competency and for most people, it's not fun, right? It's not what they enjoy doing. It's not their core mission. It's not their core business. And they tend to let it slide. So yeah, a lot of times we are brought in to say, uh, come in and say, hey, like we something is off on our books and we don't know what it is. You need, can you come help us find it? And then, um, so when you start an engagement, you're com- coming in to maybe solve a specific problem like that or build a strong foundation. Is it something that you're coming in to just kind of triage that situation or does this eventually turn into a, Hey, John's, I might as well just outsource this to John. Cause he seems to know what he's doing. Yeah. Uh, we occasionally do uh, ad hoc work for, for problem solving. And, and I'd say that happens more on the association side uh, for me more than anything. Uh, it, and it probably happens a little more outside uh, the outskirts of operations. Uh, you know, one of my, one of my clients, um, is uh, redoing their component relations handbook um, for their professional associate for their professional chapters across the country. And it just, you know, it's just one of those things that again, it, it just falls to the wayside because it's not the core job uh, of the, of the individuals. And so it just sits and sits and sits and they've engaged me to say, Hey, look, you know, we, we need to revamp this and we want your, your skill and expertise on how to do that. Um, so we certainly do that ad hoc work, but my goal is always with, with clients um, is, is to get my foot in the door uh, with some kind of project. And, and then from there uh, provide ongoing services, whether it's, and sometimes it's just from an advisory standpoint, right? It, it, maybe you have that person at your office that the, the EA or the operations manager who handles all the transactional day-to-day work, you know, they, they make sure the bookkeeping is done. They make sure there's business insurance. They, they respond to the emails and the inquiries when they come in that maybe they don't have that high level uh, view and experience on some of these areas where the, again, that's an area where I can come in as, as a, 
um, a COO or CFO advisor and really just kind of help quarterback the person, right? They, they can handle the transaction work. They can handle the day-to-day, but I, I, I can come in and provide them um, with some, a little bit more expertise and helping make sure in, in a limited number of hours, you know, five or 10 hours a month, making sure that that organization is, is, is getting ahead of the future hurdles and making sure that they don't get in that same place again. Yeah, a strong foundation is critical. And and just even like you said earlier, little tweaks can have a big impact over time. So get some of this stuff right at jump rather than, you know, kind of just accept certain levels of inefficiencies when you don't have to. Yeah, and I have I have a great story. Uh it's not operations. It's for my first my first very first role. Uh, but again, I think it kind of goes to a little bit of what we've been talking about with associations and change, associations and evaluation, and, and also the, the end goal of making sure that what you're doing on a day-to-day basis, weekly basis, monthly basis, is driving the results that you intend. So I, I started my, my new job with this legal organization, and I, I'd, I'd done a, um, uh, a, a trip. It was, it was a traveling field rep position where I was going around the country visiting uh, chapters at law schools and helping the ones that were struggling uh, by training the officers, doing recruitment for them, and, and really just kind of being that, that uh, um, in-the-field person to help these chapters grow and succeed. And I, I'd finished my, my first um, uh, training trip with, with a colleague, and uh, I was a couple of weeks in, and I, I kept being told by, by my boss, um, this is what we expect our chapters to do. You know, like and he, it was very, very specific, right? These number of programs, this number of recruiting events, the, you know, they need to have an initiation every semester, or at least once a year, you know, very, very specific requirements. And, you know, I'm here, I'm training on the new guy. And again, my mind is analytical. I'm always, always thinking about what, what's best and how things should work. And so I come to him and I said, you know, you keep telling me that this is what chapters should do. Where does that exist? You know, where are we telling the chapters that other than me repeating the words? You know, the answer was, oh, there's this, there's this document in the back of the district conference manual. So I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, okay, it's in the back of this manual. I said, so what happens if a, if a, if a chapter doesn't come to district conference? Do they see this document ever? No. Well, what if they leave their manual at the district conference and leave and go home? Will they see this again? The answer was no. So this entire organization's chapter operations is really what its mission is all about. It, these chapters deliver on the organization's mission, which is the, 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 the sole purpose of the organization. And, and the chapters doing these tasks you know, on a semester annual basis is the, whole, is the whole point of what they're doing to fulfill on that mission. And that instruction was buried in the back of a manual. So here's what I did. Again, I didn't make broad changes. I, did, I didn't reinvent the wheel, but I, I took um, this, the, the, these pages. I think at the time it was three pages. And I, and I, and I, I boiled it down to a two-page document, front and back for, for printed out, um, and two pages for uh, digital. And I had that document be at the front of every single thing I did. If I was emailing a chapter about initiation, I mentioned this document. If I was emailing them about programming, I mentioned this document. Everything I did was geared around this around this document. And because of this kind of proactive approach of really putting out all the expectations on the chapters up front, here's in my time there, I was there for six years. During my time there, the organization, which was a hundred year old organization, so was it wasn't new, like it wasn't in a growth phase. 
in the law school department, we had a 20% increase in membership. We had probably, you know, it's sometimes hard to, hard, hard to quantify, but a, a two, three X times in programming from our chapters. We had, we went from having about 15 chapters out of 200 meeting these minimal expectations to over a hundred. Um, so really just really increasing that greatly. And here's another big thing that with, with utilizing this document and laying expectations and communicating it proactively, the organization had an issue where they all, a lot of times would have to subsidize people to go to their conventions to, to get the numbers that they wanted. And what we were able to do during my tenure is not only cut out those subsidies, we actually increased the, the, the convention attendance year after year that why I was there. And it was all because of utilizing this document, being proactive about it, laying out clear expectations for these chapters and communicating it uh, uh, proactively as well. Wow, that is a great story. And that shows um, being proactive on your part uh, enabled your client to really benefit and really just uh, probably benefiting to this day. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and there's no doubt that that you know uh, some of my bosses and people I worked with had, had started this process, right? Like the, the organization was in, 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 a, in a place of change. It had, had transitioned, I, I think, you know, five or seven years prior to a a, a volunteer a alumnus uh, kind of being the the executive director of the organization to to, to paid staff. So it, it had it had made some changes already. Uh, and, and it was certainly growing and, and making some progress. But, but again, this, this one little t- tweak, one little change of, of pulling this document out and really driving it home really made all the difference for that organization. They also started doing it more in the pre-law department. They started seeing growth there. And um, th- there's no doubt that I was, I was piggybacking on um, some of the great changes that happened before me. And I'm sure that the, you know, the people following me took what I did and, and have made it even continue to use the core of it, but, but are continue to grow and expand that as well. Well, uh, John, if somebody wants to learn more, have a more uh, substantive conversation with you or somebody on your team, what's the website? Yeah, you can go to www.think-lateral.com. Think and then the hyphen lateral.com. Correct. Yep. Well, John, thank you so much for sharing your story today. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it as well. All right, this is Lee Cantor. We'll see you all next time on Association Leadership Radio. 